Welcome in to the All Talk Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Woodruff, recording from Dallas, Texas. And today is Thursday, January 16th. Boy, oh boy, what a week we've had so far. But yet again, you've made it to your Thursday. Knock out the rest of today, handle business on Friday, and you are well into your weekend. And hopefully episode three is going to help you get there. We have got a jam-packed show as always. We're going to be doing a little NFL divisional round recap, taking a look at championship weekend and tossing out those projections or predictions. We have a ton of Kansas City Chiefs talk uh, following last week's thrill ride of a game with our friend, yet again, Jack McGrath, who was present and in person to see that happen. The Bachelor episode two was on Monday, so we've got to recap that a little Bachelor talk. I actually saw two different movies last weekend, so gonna throw out a couple movie suggestions, and then of course we'll wrap up with a little bit of weekend weather, uh, see some bar of the week, and we will get you guys on out of here. Alrighty, let's hop right on into the show. Okay, you know what time it is. It's Football time, baby. I just had to get to it first on this week's episode because we had yet another great weekend of NFL football. Really the best time of the year with the playoffs, especially when your team is still in it. So we are going to go through each and every game, starting with the Niners and Vikings. Boy, oh boy. First to admit, credit to me, I was wrong about this game. I thought the Niners were... And still, I don't know. The Niners are still kind of frauds to me. I, I just can't get a good read on them. Uh, but they went out there and handled business in the beautiful California sunshine, knocking off the Vikings 27-10. to 10. But really, the final score was not a, a great re- reflection of the first half. Both teams started off looking really solid. Uh, I thought it was going to be more of a shootout. Each team started off trading touchdowns. Kirk was throwing the ball pretty well. But where the Vikings, I think, lost this game, and it was my point, my key player last week, is Dalvin Cook just did not show up. Dalvin Cook needed to go out to this game and have another dominant performance where they are able to take the ball out of Kirk's hands and give it to a playmaker that's able to, you know, not only chew up clock, but be productive with the ball as well. And Dalvin finishing with nine carries and 18 yards was never going to be a winning recipe for the Vikings in this game. They could not get anything going uh, at all in the second half. Like I said, Kirk came out looking good. Uh, he threw a couple threw a couple good balls to Diggs throughout the first half. But then in the second half, everything pretty much came to a streaking halt for the Vikings. They couldn't get any anything going whatsoever. They were trying to run screens. Uh, Dalvin Cook ended up with six receptions, I think, for like... 15 yards or something like that. Um, so the game, the second half of the game went by pretty quickly. The Niners ended up just running the ball over, all over the Vikings. Uh, one of their three backs finished with over 100 yards. Um, and the Niners defense came out to play. So credit to the Niners defense. They pitched a shutout uh, in the second half. And the Niners didn't really need Jimmy G uh, to, to do anything or to step up in this game. That was something else that I thought was going to get answered uh, this game is we are finally going to get to see if Jimmy G was and is this quarterback that the Niners can truly rely on if if the game is in his hands. But 
you know, who knows if they'll really ever need uh, Jimmy G to come out and prove that he is, um, you know, an elite quarterback in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, with that being said, the, the Niners really went out there and dominated the game. They have a great defense. They've got a great running game. And they've got some weapons that Jimmy G can get the ball to on offense. So right now, the Niners are looking very scary in the NFC. Uh, Looking forward to their game against the Packers coming up this weekend. But we're going to switch over to the AFC game, the Titans versus the Ravens. And I have to think that this was probably a nightmare game for a Ravens fan. This is like the game that you watch as a fan and you want to shrivel up and die right off the bat first quarter about eight minutes in and Lamar throws a pick Lamar had not thrown a pick in over 250 pass attempts so it's something that just doesn't happen and right then and there something just looks off you know everyone always talks about is the bye week that great and yes at the end of the day your team wants the bye week but In a situation like the Ravens, when they were just on an absolute burner, I think they had won upwards of 10 games in a row, sometimes that off week isn't really helping them. If it makes the team sit out for a whole entire week, they lose their mojo, and I think we kind of saw that this weekend. Um, And the Titans, credit to them, they did exactly what they needed to do to beat the Ravens. Every single game plan against the Ravens was, you got to get out to an early lead, and the Titans were able to do that. Uh, They forced the Ravens to get outside of their offensive groove, and they made some big stops on defense. So the Titans jumped out to a 14-0 lead early on, and they made a couple of huge stops on fourth down, um, which, of course, the Ravens are known for uh, throughout the entire season as being the most aggressive team on fourth downs. And that sort of came back to bite them this week. Um, Really, the biggest play of the game, the turning point of the game, is when the Ravens were stopped by the Titans. They were on the Titans within their 20-yard line, and the Ravens go for it on fourth and one. They run sort of like a QB sneak, quarterback draw with Lamar, uh, and and the Ravens shut him down. At that point, the game was 14-6. to If they would have converted, you know, who knows? The Ravens get out. They get some more momentum going their way, um, force the Titans to stop playing a little bit more conservative and to their strength. And we may have had a different game on our hands, but that was not the case. Um, Again, the Ravens were tossed into just unfamiliar territory. Lamar threw for 59 times. That's, That's not what the Ravens offense is built around. You don't want Lamar Jackson throwing the ball 59 times. Honestly, you really don't want any quarterback throwing the ball 59 times. But uh, that's what the Ravens did. The Titans played sound defense. Uh, They never let the Ravens get back in the game with any chunk plays. Lamar still filled up the stat sheet. Uh, I think he had over 300 passing yards and over 100 rushing yards, but they kept him out of the end zone, um, which of course is the reason why they were able to come away uh, out of Baltimore with the W. The Titans were able to, again, jump out to an early lead. They got Derrick Henry, El Trucco running again. Big dude put up 30 carries, had over 190 yards. I'm not looking forward to playing uh, against Derrick Henry this upcoming weekend, but credit to the Titans. They're doing something that really no one else in the rest of the NFL is doing or all other teams are sort of trying to get away from. And 
and that's with uh, sort of a, a cowbell, um, bell cow, excuse me, bell cow running back. Um, but if you've got Derrick Henry, then you might as well use him. Um, so the Titans played a great game, perfect game plan. Uh, knocked the knocked the Ravens out early. Honestly, good to see. I'm happy the Ravens lost. And Ravens, boy, they need to figure something out in the playoffs. Two years in a row, uh, getting to the playoffs and taking uh, an exit in the first game that they played. So they're going to need to figure something out moving forward. My guess is that Lamar is probably going to come back and be even better than he was this year. I think the biggest thing for Lamar, again, is being able to pass the ball outside the numbers. From his from 2018 to 2019, we saw a huge increase in his production in the throwing game. So I can only imagine how much he's going to be working in the offseason and come back and, and be able to sort of eliminate that weakness from his game. But the Titans are moving on. Sixth seed is moving on um, into the AFC Championship. We're going to skip over the Chiefs game. Uh, Snacks is going to break that down with me. So we're going to hop into the Seahawks and Packers. The Packers started off firing against the Seahawks. Uh, Rodgers and crew got out to a big first half lead. They were up 21-3. to Really hitting on all cylinders. Rodgers gets Adams involved. Um, Devontae Adams involved. And uh, that's really their bread and butter. When he gets When those two are on the same page... The Packers are a tough team to stop, especially with Aaron Jones in the backfield. He was getting his on the ground, but the second half of the game was actually a really great game. You can really never count out uh, Russell Wilson. He's definitely in my top five quarterbacks in the league right now, and he was really just willing them, pulling them back into the game. We saw Beast Mode get into the end zone a couple of times. Uh, yes, you're welcome. I did call that on last week's episode. So if there was a prop bet out there, I hope someone took it. Uh, but anyway, the Seahawks were able to get back into the game. They ended up, uh, getting to within three with nine minutes left in the fourth. They went, or excuse me, they tried to get it to, uh, within three. They went for two, didn't convert. So it was a 28 to 23 game with about nine minutes left in the fourth. And then Rodgers goes out there, and he was carving them up on third down pretty much the whole entire game. The Seahawks could hardly get off the field when they needed to, um, and that's what happened again at the end. This one was a little bit controversial. Uh, Rodgers was third and nine, threw a, a, a crosser to Jimmy Graham over the middle. It looked like Jimmy Graham was about a yard short uh, of the first down. His head cleared the first down yardage, but uh, the Packers ended up getting the call so they're moving on to the NFC Championship to take on the 49ers. Uh, and I'm I'm excited for that game. Listen, I, I've said it before. Rodgers just doesn't do it for me. He shut me up this week, but still, I don't know if I really trust the Packers. And I don't really know if I trust the 49ers and Jimmy G. I, I thought I was going to get some answers from this week's game uh, in the Niners, but who knows? We're going to see if either of those teams are legit. Um, Someone's going to have to win and come out of the NFC to head to the Super Bowl. So keep a close eye on that game. That's the late game on Sunday. Um, But joining me now to hop into the miraculous, yes, miraculous game. The Kansas City Chiefs down early against the Houston Texans. Joining me to break down the game. You know him from last week, Jack Big Snack McGrath, what's going on, my man? 
Jeff, quite the intro. Uh, yeah, I was at the game. Good to be back. Um, we can talk, talk about it more, but I had quite the experience out there. I mean, every time you go to Arrowhead, it's a, it's a journey. It's a spiritual, it spiritual trip. It's and uh, this, one, this one, obviously, was more magical than the others. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was a special game, special game to be out there for. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to next week. Yeah, we, we are looking forward to next week. But, uh, Indeed. Well, let's, let's just jump right into it. This, this was probably the craziest. I think this is the craziest Chiefs game that I've watched in my lifetime. I'm going to go out there and say it. It, one that's had a, a positive ending. I can't name one that, like, I've seen crazy games, like the Rams game, for example, last year. But, of yeah. course, you know, we lost that huge, big game. But this game is the first one that I felt like that ended up going our way, the Chiefs' way, and that was nationally talked about as just an absolutely insane game. At the end of the first quarter when the Chiefs were down 24 to 0 I up and left my watching party and I I couldn't be there I could not be yeah. in a room with so many people people it's, yeah there are too many people around so I got up <laughs> I got up uh and I walked back over to my apartment and put the game on and laid down on the couch and covered myself in blankets and was just cowering into the made yourself made yourself a cup of soup yeah (laughs) i made a nice steaming hot cup of chicken noodle soup to try and help my heart but uh it was pretty low spirits on my side uh what was it like in arrowhead what what were uh some things that you were seeing i mean it was just a lot of like frustration like the the booze started coming out and that's when i was like whoa like come on hold on hold on i was like yelling people around me like stop booing um I was being like a little infant. I was just like throwing a fit in my seat. Like um, when when we walked into the stadium, they gave us like these souvenir flags. And I mean, it it was a cool flag. Like I'm sure you saw them on TV, but everyone's like waving them around. Oh yeah. And uh, I just snapped it like clean in half (laughs) and just threw it on the ground. I mean, my brother was sitting next to me. He's like, dude, like chill out. I was like stomping my feet and like (laughs) slapping the chair. It was, I, I'm glad there's no like video evidence of me during the first quarter, but I mean, when, when we got that, when we, like obviously we know what happened in the game when McCole got that kick return, right. people were like, "All right, like come on, let's go!" Like we just needed a spark play, and I mean, the second quarter it was just like a, it. I mean, I've never been so exhausted after like 20 minutes of watching football. I was so I just, tired. I was so tired. I, people were just sitting down in the chairs. Like I went and got a water. That's the first time I've ever ordered a <laughs> water in Arrowhead. How much is, how much does a water run at Arrowhead? I have no idea. Um, I think it so I got a beer for my brother and then water and it was like twenty four bucks so probably like fourteen and ten ish. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. My brain was <laughs> brain out was, of circuit. Brain was fried. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. The game started off. I was ba- I threw a fit too. I I stormed <laughs> out of our watching party and no. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm leaving. Yeah, I don't want to watch it a year. <laughs> but yeah. It was- <laughs> it was terrible um i i didn't even tell anyone that i was leaving i like told maddie on the way out i was like hey i'm going home uh and just like, kept on <laughs> i gotta go to the bathroom real quick yeah. uh anyone need anything from the fridge while i'm yeah. while i'm up yeah Scoop. yeah grab the front door <laughs> yeah I was, <laughs> I was out of there um but yeah you said it when mccall got that punt return yeah i was saying to myself i was like that was exactly what we needed. Like we needed yeah. that to happen because we need to score quick. And then uh, from that point, 
you know, we were able to get in the end zone and cut it down to 24 to seven, which I, I mean, it's still a huge deficit. Like we still needed some great stuff to happen. Uh, yeah. And <clears throat> I can't get over it. Dirty Dan. Oh, oh. Dirty Dan. Uh, legend. First of all, Bill O'Brien, a true legend. One, not not going for it on fourth and one when they were on, you know, in the red zone on us. If we yeah. go, if we go down twenty eight to zero, I I just don't know. I I didn't think twenty four zero was possible, but I feel like twenty eight was just such a big number to come back for. Yeah. So praise the Lord that he kicked that field goal, and then praise the Lord that he went for it on fourth and one oh. on our side of the field and dirty Dan. Dirty Dan is one of those guys that's been on the Chiefs forever, and people have such a love hate relationship with that dude. Yeah, and I, you know, he's just a like rock solid piece of the defense that's always like getting snaps and in there. And granted, he's he's been torched before in his past, but that fourth and one tackle on that fake punt was so huge. I was so pumped watching Dirty Dan fly out there and just. Put a perfect tackle on that dude. Yeah, you'll be hard pressed to find like a better just form tackle yeah. than that. Like that's that's how you draw it up when you're just imagining the perfect tackle. And just to give you like a an example of what the Chiefs like, what Chiefs fans think of Sorensen. Like I was walking to the stadium, and I saw a Daniel Sorensen jersey, and I like laughed. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like who is he? Probably. I mean, it was like a legit jersey. He probably spent like upwards of a hundred dollars on that. I was like, why would you ever get? A Daniel Sorensen moment, but that guy, it was like kind of just a classic Chiefs fan, yeah. like a little overweight, hammered drunk, Sorensen jersey. I was like, it's beautiful. And then that guy probably had like the big, the best like self satisfaction moment of all oh time when God. he made the tackle. He probably, yeah. yeah, I got the jersey. Yeah, all that. Yeah, look, I've got a Sorensen jersey. <laughs> One, uh, Dave O'Hara wears a Matt Moore jersey. I. I think along with Dan, that those have got to be probably the some of the two lowest selling jerseys in Chiefs history. Yeah, I'm trying to think like Anthony Hitchens, probably yeah. no one has him. Big Hitch. Um, uh, someone needs someone needs a, a C Ward jersey. That guy's that guy's earning his. He, I mean, <laughs> no one talked about him, but he he was on DeAndre Hopkins the whole game, and DeAndre Hopkins got nothing. Yeah. Like that's kind of gone like unspoken, like. I forgot DeAndre Hopkins was on the field until he had he had, he had like a thirty yard catch late in the fourth quarter that was like oh yeah DeAndre Hopkins is on this team yeah DeAndre Hopkins is I thought the best wide receiver in the NFL where has he been <laughs> but everyone was was freaking out about uh, Will Fuller coming back for them I mean really the Chiefs defense like what the Texans ended up getting thirty one points on us but yeah I don't think that's necessarily a great reflection of how our defense played I mean no. twenty four of those points were Okay, 21 of those points were pretty much gifted to the Texans. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was I was fine with our defense. I mean, what, we gave up that great play, uh, that fake bubble screen that they got us on. Um, that, was, that was a nice play. Yeah, it was just a good play. I mean, hats off. I'm, I'm going to give them that <laughs> one. <laughs> Tip of the cap. Yeah. <laughs> well done, uh, offensive <laughs> offensive staff on the Texans for drawing that yeah. play up. Um, but then, other than that, Honey Badger is still that dude. That video, I've seen that video come out today. You may have seen it as well, of Honey Badger like pulling off of a blitz that he was supposed to be on. Yeah, I saw that. Dropping back and covering Hopkins, and then running across and covering Watson's second read, and then finally chasing him out of bounds. So mm-hmm. 
it was great to see our defense continue where they left off uh, in the regular season. Still didn't really miss a beat. And that's without that dude C. Jones in. Um, hopefully he's able to get some action on Sunday. But honestly, I don't know if I really need C. Jones in there against Derrick Henry. Just give me like Mike Pinnell and Saunders, <laughs> two of the two of the beef eaters in there. And- Can we bring back uh, DeVito from like <laughs> – Early two thousand, like early two thousands, two thousand like nine. You know, like some fans will know who I'm talking about, but that guy was just, he would just like not move back an inch. That, that's that's who we needed this weekend. I randomly come across Mike Devito tweets. His Mike Twitter. Devito, that's what I was saying. Was. Yeah, Mike Mike Devito on Twitter. He's still. Uh, I saw a tweet of him. I, I guess they like give him like their shoulder pads and like game jerseys and stuff and helmets. Because he, like, will throw on a full Chiefs uniform. <laughs> and then Mike tweet out a picture of it. Um, so Mike, <laughs> Mike DeVito is a solid, solid follow on Twitter. But, uh, I mean, second quarter got going. Dan makes that big stop. Um, and then just Mahomes turns into Mahomes. Andy, Andy, yeah. Andy let him rip this week, which was so satisfying to see. And Killa Trav came off a couple bad drops to start, but I mean, I just don't think that. I know Kittle's very good, but Travis is just so dynamic, and his routes are so crisp and clean. And him and Pat on the same page is literally unstoppable. Yeah, there was a video going around today, or maybe yesterday, of like uh, Kelsey. Kelsey walks up to Mahomes on the sideline. He's like. Dude, how did you know I was gonna run that route? And Mahomes like, dude, I just got you. And Kelsey was like, you, yeah, you know exactly what I was doing. They were like freaking out. Yeah. I and Cam, Cam, Cam Irving was sitting like right next to him, and he was like, yeah, nice, nice throw, guys. Like, way to go. Cam Irving's a good sideline hype guy. I've noticed that. He is. He is. And then Mahomes or Kelsey, what had ended with like eleven catches, maybe ten catches, and over a hundred yards and three tutters. Um, and then. You know, that's that's even without, like, Tyreek having a huge game. Sammy Watkins only had two catches. Uh, but he, he ended up getting, like, 75 yards, uh, close to 90 all-purpose yards with, with his run. Um, so it was nice to see Sammy get some production out there, too. Yeah. But, again, I, it was just so good to see Andy staying aggressive. The Texans, like, tried to claw back, like, at the start of – or in the middle of the third quarter – so we ended up getting out, scoring a touchdown to make it, I think it was 35 to 24. And then, or no, it was 40, it ended up being 41 to 24. And then the Texans scored a touchdown, making it 31 41. And then it was just so good to see the Chiefs go down there and score another touchdown just to like put the dagger back in the Texans. Um, yeah, that game, that game very easily could have been like 41 38. And I would have felt a lot different walking out of that game if it was like right. a three score game and like on like a backdoor, you know, cover like the Chiefs are known for. Yeah. Um, instead of just like, no, 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 like we're we're gonna yeah. put this game away and defense is gonna get like two step like Frank Clark, he yeah. hasn't really gotten talked about. He had three snap he had three sacks, like that's why we signed him, that's why we brought him in. And there's just so many guys that, have, that you could talk about that did like what we've been waiting for them to do all year, all yeah. in one game. Right. And and this is like sort of been the narrative of the chiefs defense 
all, even in the mm-hmm. beginning of you know the start of training camp, right after we made all of those offseason acquisitions. So you mentioned Frank Clark, Honey Badger, obviously, um, and then we brought in a couple new linebackers like Damian Wilson. But and then of course you know bringing in Spags, so a whole new defense uh, defense yeah. system. And it was always talked about that we have the guys there, like the talent is on the field. It's just going to take a little bit for them to start clicking, and then we're going to be a really good defense. And having Frank Clark out there being healthy finally or trending mm-hmm. towards almost being 100% since he's been battling injuries all year, I mean, he, he is a beast. He he goes out there and impacts games. That one video of him running like 48 yards before he was uh, – Oh, yeah. Before he got the sack on Watson. Like, we need those guys that are like that, and that's what Chiefs teams like last year were missing. And then yeah. th- another great thing about Frank Clark is him – going in and just talking <laughs> shit in the locker room. Like, and, and you don't post, doubt us. Yeah. You don't doubt us. Yeah. I mean, like no one was ever doing that on the chiefs defense. Like Justin Houston wouldn't be talking smack after a game or anything like that. No. So it's good to have like honey badger out there doing the too smart and like getting QB's faces. And then it's good to have Frank Clark just bullying dudes out there and, and falling up in the locker room after that too. Cause that's a. I feel like that's a big, uh, you know, like motivation sort of like mindset for our defense too. Like there's some like mean dogs out there. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Spags and how big he's been. Like it's such a different feeling seeing Spagnol on the sideline than Bob Sutton oh last God. year. Like it's like looking back, we didn't realize how bad Bob Sutton was. And like I was like in the stadium at the game on Sunday, I was like looking. There's like in between a defensive play. And Spagnuolo was, like, basically on the field, like, shouting adjustments. Like, it was, like, a third and eight. And Spagnuolo was, like, running guys on, like, had a specific, like, scheme he wanted to run. And I think that was a play. We got, like, a sack that kind of – it was, like, 24-14. It's a huge, like, stop that we got. Mm -hmm. And, like, Bob Sutton would have been, like – In his car. All right. Yeah. Bob Sutton Sutton needed one of those, like, walkers that have tennis balls. (laughs) Tennis balls on the bottom. So they would, like, scoot around. You know, he needed a, a booger mobile on the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> and, like, like Spagnuolo's been, like, unspoken, like, hero. And, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what he can draw up for Derrick Henry. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do for Derrick Henry except just, like, get in his running lanes and bring him down on, like, second and third tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bob Sutton against Derrick Henry would have been a mismatch for the ages. So, it's good to have, like, a coach that knows what he's doing. Yeah, and, and- – again like his energy like bob sutton like seeing spags like in training camp too like he was yeah. doing that from the start like getting out there and like like running drills with the players and mm. bob sutton like physically was not capable <laughs> of doing that like he, he would sh- bob sutton would show up on the injury report like yeah like questionable for sunday he's got a may s- not make it he's got a sore hip <laughs> yeah he may not make it straight game but sorry that was kind of a I've roasted Bob Sutton there. Hey, well-deserved. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, there's not much more to say about last week. It was just, I mean. It was it was a roller coaster of emotions that really only, it was basically two football games into one. And I Yeah, I, oh, for sure. I never watched another football game like that where like no. it was like two totally different storylines. Yeah, Chiefs end up. Going down 24-0, and then next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes comes out, 
and we blow them out by 20 points, and we win that game yeah. by 20 points. So that gives me hope going into the AFC Championship this week where we're taking on El Trucco, <laughs> Tractorcito, Tractorcito. against uh, uh, with the Titans. It's it's going to come down to is Derrick Henry going to just run the ball all over the place like he has these past couple of games? Can the Chiefs defense slow him down a little bit? And then it's also going to come uh, out to the Chiefs offense. So can the Chiefs get on the board first? Can the Chiefs get on the board when it matters? Because give me Ryan Tannehill versus Patrick Mahomes in a shootout eight out of seven days of the week. Like, I, I want that to happen. I don't think that the Titans have the offensive capability to score upwards of, like, over 30 points or something. So No. It, it, I, was, I was thinking today, like, if the Chiefs scored 27 points, more, more than 27 points. Yeah. If the Chiefs scored 28 points on Sunday, they're going to win the game. Right. Like, Derrick Henry, he's going he's gonna to have, like, a 60-yard run that's like, whoa. Like, yeah. But, like, he's you have to, you have to like, go into the game expecting him to break off, like, one or two long runs. Right. But it's not going to be, like, him for – oh, God. Knock on wood. It's not going to be him for, like, you know – putting up 31 points by himself please please don't let that happen yeah god oh god ball gods (laughs) um come on but yeah come on the show yeah um but we we put up 35 against them last time or earlier this year um and that was Mahomes with like a half ankle and half knee so first game back yeah so obviously we have like our offense matches up well against them I know they're kind of a different team they're hot but if we score 28 points on Sunday, we win the game. So that's kind of a calming effect for me. It's just like, oh, it's Derrick Henry, but it's also like he can't have like four explosive plays in the first half to go up 24 nothing like we did last week. So, yeah, I agree. Oh. I agree. I mean, <clears throat> if our offense, I think like 28, like 31, somewhere in there is like a good number. If, if we get to, then it should be a win. Um, again, like he put up, you know, X, Y, Z, what was it, 31 in the first game against him? Is that what you said? Uh, I think it was, yeah, 31 or 35. It was, I mean. Okay, so in the 30s. It was, it was enough to win the game for sure. Yeah, it was in the 30s, and I was at that game, and that was one of the most classic Chiefs losses of all time. We were in the, yeah. in the stadium basically waving Titans fans goodbye at like three different points. Oh, no. And we – that was the Chiefs just happened. That was a, an all-time Chiefs loss. But um, yeah, if if Pat can go out there and put up thirty-five or thirty-one, whatever he had in the first game on half an ankle, half a knee, uh, coming back from like his kneecap being underneath his leg or whatever, yeah. Was, uh, then and coming off this week's heater, like I think we should be fine. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm more. No, you know what? Okay, I'm I'm more worried about this game than I was the Texans game, but I don't think that we're, sure. I don't think we're gonna spot the Titans twenty four points like we did against the Texans. No, it's basically if if Tannehill can make like over six big throws, then we might lose. But I just don't see that happening. He's gonna make like three nice throws that are like, whoa, Tannehill, there he is. Right, but it, it, he's not gonna be like nickel and diming the Chiefs to death in the fourth quarter. Yeah, if like if we get a lead, then they're. I mean, at some point, it, logic comes in, and they're going to have to throw the ball. Like, yeah, if if we if we take like a two score lead, the game is like 
It's like an anaconda squeeze. We just like squeeze Ooh, them to death. Yeah. And I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Nice analogy there. I'm fine with like a 24 like 17 win. Like Listen, make it ugly if we have to. At this point, I'm happy with a one point win. I'm happy if we win True. this game three to zero. We we need to reclaim uh, the AFC trophy. Bring that back home. It has our you know owners. It is our owners' trophy. So that needs to come back to Arrowhead finally. And then we need. I need to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I have. I have to see it. Um, this team reminds me, and it reminds so much of Kansas City of the 2015 Royals with like mm-hmm. like the camaraderie and like like goofing around that we see in the locker room and just following the team so closely. Uh, yeah. It, and, you know, of course, and we have Mahomes. We need to get Andy his first ring too. This is what, like, the 100th season. Is this the 100th anniversary this year of the NFL? I believe it is. Yeah, I've seen all that, like, like media about it, but I was thinking the other day, like, was the NFL really created in 1920? I don't I, yeah. <laughs> I I feel dumb for asking, but like, was the NFL around like yeah, before, not... like during that's like during World War One yeah. is what we're basically saying. Yeah, some dudes were just ripping the football in between trenches. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, we, we the city of the city of Kansas City, the city of Kansas City deserves to see their Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I mean, talk about some of the best fans in the whole entire world. Patrick Mahomes is going to get us there at some point. I know he will, but I just feel like this year is really our year because, I mean, look at the NFC. So the Niners and the Packers are going to be going against each other. And I was saying earlier in the show, I I just don't know. I don't know how to feel about either of those teams. Like Jimmy G had 11 completions last week, and I knew they, I know that they beat up on the Vikings, but like, Still, give me Jimmy G versus Patrick Mahomes. And then uh, the Packers, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, blah, 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 made a couple good. Yeah, he looked good last week. <laughs> but I, I mean, I saw the Chiefs. The Chiefs should have beat the Packers with Matt Moore. Like, that happened, that yeah. happened this season. And ever since that game, and it's been something that, like, Big Cat on part of my take – talks about like the Packers are sort of fraudulent and they oh they were trying to let the Seahawks back into last week's game so if we can just get through Derrick Henry and the Titans um give me like give me like a 35 to 17 is going to be my guess for this week 35 17 my prediction uh in the Chiefs favor I think Mahomes goes out there and throws like three more touchdowns. Damian Williams is probably going to get in the end zone a couple of times as well. Um, yeah. But give me 35 17. Uh, and I, I think we take care of business. And your Kansas City Chiefs should be going to the Super Bowl this year. Miami. Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Wow, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I'll take the Chiefs 30 23. I think we jump on them early and then Andy Reid. Just you know, Andy Reed's has an Andy Reed's like, yeah, he has like the third quarter where he just forgets how to call plays, uh, and I think Mahomes makes enough plays in the fourth quarter to hold on. I mean, I don't think we have quite the offensive explosion as we did this this past week, yeah. but I think we score enough, and um, 
yeah, I think yeah, I think I think the Chiefs advance too. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Man, I will uh I'm working from home on Monday just in case. Oh, I I I have the, I have the full day off. Our office is closed. Oh, wow. Oh, for MLK. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, shouts. So shouts MLK. I'm going to be I'm going to be out and about Sunday night if the Chiefs win. Uh-oh. Are you Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stay clear. All right, Sax. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on the show two weeks in a row. Um, and you were on uh, another podcast earlier this week too at at the Minute Pod with uh, Pete Mitch. Yeah, Peter Mitchell and Jackson Stoger. Well, at the Minute, check them out. Yeah, check, um, check them out. Good stuff over there. Yeah, it's fun. All right, Sax. Well, uh, maybe I'll. No, I'm not going to have you on again next week. But <laughs> thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it as always. All right, it's always a pleasure, Jeff. All right, see you, dude. Go Chiefs, baby. (laughs) That conversation with Jack McGrath was brought to you by Elevated Gains. Elevated Gains is at the forefront of a massive movement in the health and wellness industry. They are incorporating 20 milligrams of CBD, the good stuff, into their protein bars. Check out Elevated Gains on Instagram. You can find them on Twitter as well. But for my listeners only, if you reach out and send a DM to at Elevated Gains on Instagram, let them know that you heard from the All Talk Pod, you are going to get free shipping on an order of any quantity. Again, that's Elevated Gains. And Scott, if you're listening, I still have not received my bars in the mail, so please get those sent out. Okay, before we get into this next section, how many times... Do I have to tell you guys that this is a pod for the people? If there's something that you guys want me to talk about or watch and talk about, I will do it. So this Monday night, I had the College National Football Championship up on the TV. And you know what else I did? I popped up in my laptop, threw in an AirPod, Bachelor Episode 2. Bachelor Episode 2 recap coming at you right now. Before we get into that, full disclosure, I did not watch the three-hour premiere of the season, but I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what's going on just by watching this week's episode. So, the episode starts. A quick reminder that Pete canceled the group date, the last group date from last week because he was with Hannah uh, for a little bit and just felt like he couldn't uh, continue the group date because he saw her. Um... But he ends up going back to the house and explaining to all the contestants uh, what happened. He assures them that uh, Hannah is no longer part of his, I don't know, like that Hannah's no longer the thing. He thinks that he's going to find love uh, in the house with the group of girls that he's with uh, right then and there. Um, So we hop right into the rose ceremony, which starts with just a couple of really awkward conversations per usual uh pete with the redhead girl who uh, has a convertible gave her like a little toy hot wheel car and then some other girl he gave a framed photo of i must be missing the backstory on the photo um but anyway she asked him if he was the one that had wrapped that gift it come on pete you just clearly lied and said that you were the one that wrapped the gift uh but anyway i digress The real good stuff of the ceremony started to happen when Kelsey, a.k.a. uh, Champagne Girl, that's what I'm going to be 
referencing her as for the remainder of the episode champagne girl she thinks she she hasn't had any time with peter okay so she's feeling very frazzled and she thinks that what's going to be great is opening this super special bottle of champagne oh my god that's such a great idea and she got this champagne bottle like a year ago so i don't i don't remember what she got it for but she thinks it's some fantastic idea that that my guy pete's gonna love uh so she goes out there and she grabs her champagne bottle and she sets up a little champagne bucket in front of a nice fireplace and mind you pete's like getting his alone time with a bunch of other girls right now as well so pete's off uh walking around with hannah ann actually who is uh for all you bachelor noobs out there hannah ann is like the favorite right now um, is what I'm learning that everyone thinks that Hannah Ann's going to be the winner. So Pete and Hannah Ann are walking around and they stumble upon a champagne girl's little picnic setup uh, that she did um, that she set up and just decide to leave. I, I don't know who would leave um, a prized champagne bottle just sitting out, but either way, Pete and Hannah Ann see it. And I mean, they just think that the producers set it up because you know, why would there not be champagne just sitting around the bachelor house for all to enjoy? So poor Hannah Ann, her and Pete sit down and Hannah Ann pops that sucker open and champagne girl is sitting outside around the corner of the house and she hears that champagne pop and walks around the corner and sees that Hannah Ann, of all people, popped her prized prized champagne bottle that she was supposed to share with peter in this glorious moment and i swear to the lord that champagne girl looked her face looked like she had just witnessed her whole entire family being slain in front of her or was just told that she lost her whole entire house in a in a fire or something terrible she was crying hysterically because the champagne bottle was opened and it just reminded me that this show is just it's just too much sometimes but once the crying died down uh and the screaming champagne girl was coming at coming at hannah ann's throat for opening the the bottle um and listen hannah ann had no idea that that was some sort of special bottle like First of all, who even has a special champagne bottle? And as I'm saying this, I'm looking up and I see a, a, a bottle of champagne that I've been saving because it's Chief's bottle of champagne. So, you know what? I'm not going to give her that that much of trouble uh, for a special champagne bottle. But definitely her fault for leaving it out. Um, once Again, once everything sort of died down, Champagne Girl finally gets her moment alone with Peter and they bring in another champagne bottle, so she has the opportunity to share that with Peter. And of course, she does the one thing, the most classic thing that happens. You cannot take a big swig out of a freshly opened champagne bottle, or it's just going to explode all over your face, and, and that's what happened to her. I mean, poor girl, that sent her right over the edge. Um, again, another furious storm of crying and and sobbing uh just bombards pete and he's probably like what the hell is going on is my best guess i was watching the show and, and that's what i was thinking but that was really the you know, champagne girl stole the rose ceremony 
Um, and of course, she ends up getting a rose at it uh, after it all. So she stays on the show, and then we move right on into the group date, um, which was, I mean, it was kind of boring, really. It was it was pretty uneventful. I mean, the whole entire part of the episode was just about Victoria, aka the shy girl, freaking out because the group date is the girls have to go uh, to like a revolve store, a clothing store, and they pick out their clothes, and then they like model, uh, walk down a runway for Peter. And then the winner, actually, kind of cool for the contestants, the winner of of the competition got to bring home, like, several thousand dollars worth of clothes. So, hey, you know, there was competitive spirit. I understand it. But I digress. Uh, the shy girl, again, is freaking out about how she can't run down a runway, and she's she has a fear of um, being outshined by other girls. And, again, I'm thinking the whole entire time, why would you come on the bachelor like maybe don't maybe don't go on the bachelor if that's the case if you have a fear of of being outshone by other girls or not comfortable in your own skin i feel like the bachelor would probably be the the worst for worst place for you to be um but in true tr- shy girl fashion she toughs it out and ends up going head to head with Hannah Ann in the final round of the competition to bring home uh, thousands of dollars worth of clothes, and then of course make it you know make a good impression on Peter for winning as well. So in true shy girl fashion, she walks out, pops off a robe, and she struts down the runway in the lingerie, you know, as any uh, actually shy person absolutely would, because that's what shy people do. Uh, and then on her way back. She makes a little pit stop and has a nice little makeout session with Peter as if walking down the the runway in lingerie just wasn't enough of a shy person move. She had to make out with Peter uh, to show really how shy she she truly is. Uh, But with all of that, didn't even matter. Hannah Ann uh, won the competition and with that, all the clothes. And that just really pisses the rest of the girls off because Hannah Ann... um, has already gotten one rose, uh, and now she wins this competition. And you know, at minimum, she gets sent home at, at some point with a whole new wardrobe. Um, and and the girls just can't catch a break. So back at the house, Champagne Girl and the Shy Girl are like freaking out. The Shy Girl's having a breakdown because she was so brave and went up there and and did all that stuff for Peter. And then it comes out that Champagne Girl is uh or hannah ann yeah hannah ann is tattling on champagne girl to peter because of a little tiff that they got in earlier in the episode so pete pulls champagne girl aside gives her a nice stern talking to champagne girl of course just immediately pulls the victim card um and that's really that uh shy girl ends up getting the rose at the end of that and then, of course, they do a little recap or a preview of next week's episode. And, of course, they're still talking about the champagne on next week's episode. So I can't wait to see uh, see about what's going on with that. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, Bachelor episode two. You should be all caught up. Um, good episode. I, mean, I thought it was entertaining. I put up an Instagram poll uh, Monday night when I was... Uh, double screening the football national championship college football ship and uh bachelor 
asked which was more entertaining. Fellas, what the hell? The Bachelor won. Um, so, come on, guys. We need some more votes. And while we're on the topic, too, um, McKenna, she's my pick. I, I've got a good feeling about McKenna going all the way. Uh, but that's enough Bachelor talk for today's episode. If you guys, if I missed anything, if someone needs to fact check me on anything, let me know. Um, but I think, you know what? I enjoyed watching it, so plan on it. We'll do a Bachelor recap uh, each and every week as long as the season's going on. And we'll uh, we'll make it a little staple uh, of each episode for the remainder of the season. Okay, before we get you guys out of here and get you into your weekend, a couple movie recommendations. I went and saw both 1917 and Knives Out last week, and both solid choices 1917 uh, chronicles the story of two young british soldiers during world war one who are given a mission to deliver a message and the coolest part about this movie was definitely the way it was shot so it's just one continuous camera shot throughout the entire film uh, i'd never seen anything like that before so that was definitely good to see um, and then knives out was really solid as well that is a modern whodunit. The film follows a family gathering gone awry after the family patriarch's death leads a master detective to investigate. Again, both solid movies. Knives Out uh, was actually really great. They they brought in a really solid cra- cast to do that, and Daniel Craig does an absolutely great job uh, in his role of that movie. So 1917, I'm going to give that one like a 7-2 wasn't the greatest movie of all time but if you need something to do if you're into war movies or action movies uh you should definitely check that one out knives out i'm gonna give a seven eight two i thought this was a really good movie and i'm not a huge movie person so um seven one and seven eight a couple of good options if you are looking to fill in your weekend with a movie or two and speaking of weekends dallas we are looking at yet again another rainy friday so if you did not check out last week's Bar of the Week Parliament, I was there uh, last Saturday, had an espresso martini that was great. Moscow mules are like four bucks. Old fashions are like four bucks. Um, again, they've got that uh, happy hour rainy deal where their happy hour extends all night long if it's raining outside. So take advantage of the rain and get out to Parliament this Friday. Saturday is going to be a high of 57 and sunny. So Let's look for something outside on Saturday. Um, I'm thinking maybe I may pop over to Lower Greenville, check out HG. That sounds like a good uh, little Saturday afternoon activity. Get up on the roof, get a nice look of downtown Dallas from HG Supply, your official bar of the week for this weekend weather. That wraps up episode three of the All Talk podcast. As always, Tweet your thoughts, feedback at the All Talk Pod. Find my personal at Jeffy Wood. Get me on Instagram at Jeff Woodruff. Follow the account at the All Talk Pod on Instagram. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend. You guys deserve it. And go Chiefs, baby! (laughs) 